Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You're listening to the QTV podcast. I'm your host, Get to the Point Bruno, and with me are the boys of QTB, our co-host, Nonsensical Nick, and Devil's Advocate Brad. You know, we get one comment on TikTok, and Bruno just uh, he just leans into it just right away. Yep. <laughs> no Never rambling down. on no nonsense nope. on this podcast. Nope, none hey. whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> Taking ownership's half the battle, right, folks? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, that's what we're here. It. We're here. You are going to hear about it. All of the things of 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 things about the things are things that I'm going to say about your things. So you little nasty. I don't care. Put that in the new trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you want to know about the QTV podcast? Well, let Bruno explain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what she said. There you that go. Sounds like, that sounds like a new segment for a later time. Let Bruno explain. <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm. Bruno explains. Life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what happens when you're faced with problems. You're gonna need solutions. It's just a little tid. Bam. Tip bip. bip, bip Thanks tip for coming to my TED for talk. Me. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a it's a bread talk. A bread talk. Ooh, I, I go to a bread talk. I get yeah. complimentary bread. Yep, I'm there. Hey. You know, I oh. think we do something with the news or gaming on this podcast most of the time. Yeah, about that. We do have some big stories to get to, so let's jump right into it. So a little bit later, we're going to be talking about how uh, we have gotten confirmation that the 2023 Call of Duty is going to be delayed to 2024. That'll be the first year in two decades, something like that, give or take, without an annual Call of Duty release. Uh, so uh, we'll get Nick. into the uh, the I told you so's. Just going to say, yeah, I was going to say, didn't we uh, cover that like a few episodes ago? We talked about yeah. that exact situation. Yeah, so. yeah, we called it, you know, you, you know, yeah. you know how we do things here on, on the QTB podcast where, uh, <laughs> as we say, the most influential up and coming gaming podcast available. We ain't kidding. Nope. I mean, yeah. And if we don't know, Bruno does know, even if he doesn't know that he knows, he, he actually <laughs> I, does know. These yeah. are the things. These are the things that part of the things that I was talking about before. Remember? Remember when I said that? Yeah. <laughs> Go back in time. Replay I it. said things, and then, then and <laughs> here are the things. Yeah. Oh, speaking of things, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about just kind of what's been going on with us, you know, the games we've been playing, the games that our listeners and our live chat have been playing, and uh, kind of go from there. It's, uh, it's an exciting time here on the podcast, and uh, yeah, the big story, though, guys, I'm going to tell you something. You want to talk about, about hype, okay? I'm calling this segment the Elden Ring Hype Train Power Hour, because Ooh. my goodness, people are pumped for Elden Ring and yeah if, if ever there was a time for air horns I think it is now because we are nigh just a few days away as of recording this uh from the release on February 25th of Elden Ring yeah and the I oldie mean, air horn <laughs> just the one yep <laughs> Ricola <laughs> Oh man! So Elden Ring, of course, the the from Bandai Namco, and of course from Software, the developers of this game. I mean, let's just go right into it, guys, because there's so much to talk about about why specifically people are hyped about this game, what we've seen so far, and really what I think is the potential for Elden Ring 
to be the AAA blockbuster game that finally gets us not only out of this pandemic funk of delays and, and needing that that needy AAA game experience that's there for you day one in a semi-playable state, uh, but I mean, not but just the the general disappointments and letdowns we've been having, you know, the cyberpunks and and the anthems that have really jaded, I think, oh, uh, the, the, the gaming anthems. player base to pay those premium prices up front for games, right? I and that's so what we're wanted getting, that I think, to be a good, Ring. good game. Anthem. Anthem. It yeah. looks so cool. I mean, who doesn't want to just fly around like Iron Man? I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And in a much better state than what they originally gave us a few years ago with that Iron Man game. I mean, it looked awesome. And then you deliver this, this POS, and that's not what we need. So what do we think this is going to be? Do we well, think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to be our savior, or is this going to be a... A womp womp. Well, not to double back on our previous episodes, but th- I mean, th- this feels very surreal, this moment, right? To have another game we're looking forward to for so long, right? And finally be this close. I mean, we're seeing these games get so hyped, you know, like I, I think like El- Elden Ring's up there on this hype train with-, with those other games that we've been hyped before. I mean, like Cyberpunk 2077. Or even, you know, modern, you know, there's been so many games in the recent few years that have been so hyped. And I think the hype is part one, right? But as we've discussed, part two is the execution of the release. So do we think that the release from what we've seen of gameplay, trailers, interviews, do we feel like this is going to be one of those executions that really meets the hype? That to me is going to define its success. Not really if the game is great or not, because I think there's going to be, as we've shown, whether it's initially there's a negative wave, but eventually it comes back, there's going to be success for the game. But the, the true success is defined by how well the hype meets the execution. Do we feel it's going to meet this? So yeah, I, I think the, the best way that we can address that is to go back to the history of From Software, the developer, right? Because, okay, so for those that may not know, Elden Ring is considered to be one of these Souls-like games, right? That, that Dark Souls-style gameplay of just brutally difficult, you know, one mistake can be your last, uh, and having to really figure things out on your own without deeper complex tutorials and, and very, very deep weapon mechanics, parries and, and blocks and that kind of thing that really, yeah, I mean, dodge, dodge rolls everywhere. Just dodge rolling left and to and fro and hither yes. and thither. Oh, yeah. And so, of course, the the From Software company literally created the Souls-like kind of subgenre of action games, right? They created Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and others. And I think, Brad, the best way to, to, to really get into this is to take a look at those Metacritic scores for those games, right? You know, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, all of them got at least an 89 on Metacritic. Dark Souls 2 even getting a little bit higher at a 91 the original Dark Souls got a 2021 Golden Joystick Award for the ultimate game of all time. Wow. So there are a lot. And if, if you asked a lot of people who have played Souls games, you know, what the, what their top five, their top three, or they're just their number one game of all time, I think a lot of people are going to put a game from this, this company in that roster, in that slot, right? You even have Demon Souls, right? One of the, the the few PS5 exclusives available at launch. That it got good scores for what it was supposed to be, which was a re uh, remaster, right, of the original Demon Souls. Got a 92 on Metacritic. You have the Bloodborne game, right, at 92 on Metacritic. Again, they are constantly putting out day one games that are absolutely critical successes. I think that live up to the hype, but there hasn't been a whole lot of hype behind those games. I think back to the releases of the Dark Souls games. And a lot of the people that followed them, it definitely had its core group of supporters. 
But this subgenre, we, we, we weren't calling them Souls-like games quite yet when Dark Souls 1 and 2 came around. Yeah. And so, for you know, it, it, just like you wouldn't call, um, you know, a, a game when when the original Metroid comes out, you say, "Oh, that's a Metroidvania game." No, you need yeah. that. That game is going to create, and and Castlevania, they're going to create that exploration based two D gameplay. And so, they've literally written the book. I think if anybody is poised right now to come out with a critical success with the hype, the 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 PR cycle they went through with George R R Martin. Uh, being signed on very early to write the lore and flesh out this world, right? That's that's a pretty big get as far as I'm concerned and a very smart move to put somebody um, behind a franchise as big as uh, Game of Thrones to say, yeah, this guy's, this guy's kind of making the world of of this game. I, I really can't imagine any, any scenario where we get anything less than a, a good release, but I'm optimistic cautiously because I got, you know, I got Cyberpunk day one, okay? You got <laughs> okay. cyberpunked? I did, oh, um, you know, but I, I, <laughs> Bing dong. I think we're on track for something special. What do you think, Bruno? I think that uh, these games to me seem a lot like a lot of copy and paste, you know, so uh, there's a lot of the same mechanics. It's, you know, maybe new cutscenes here and there, new boss, new area with when I watched the trailer, I thought I was, I thought I was like a tiny person or something like not a little person, but like a real tiny person. Cause he ends up fighting a crab or a cra- crawfish or something. That crab and messed then him up, man. He did. It like stabbed him through. And I'm like, this is, I don't know how tiny these people are, but I didn't realize, you know, what, what type of, you know, and like I said, this is just, I feel like it's the same thing over and over again. So, uh, you know, just with a different backdrop. And that's not to say that that's not going to be interesting and that's not exactly what players want. I mean, I guess you could break that down to every game, right? Every game is just kind of a copy and paste of the one before. It's exactly why we're not getting another Call of Duty game coming up here. <laughs> not to jump ahead, but I yeah. mean, you know, I think that, well, um, you know, I think there's something to be said for these games, right, Brad? Your point's valid, though, but I also mean that I also would think that lends to it being to Nick's point about maybe it's going to be more successful yeah, if they're exactly their bread and butter is this and they're essentially lifting and copying, pasting the platform, the foundation and its new areas with a new boss or two. And that and those previous games have been successful. And there's no reason why if this is optimized, especially for the new consoles, that this is going to be a very, very good release. Well, I mean, I would say that that's typically the way things go. If we look at any, if we look at previous releases of things like Assassin's Creed, you know, where that's quite literally a copy and paste of a game just in a new location. And there were so many bugs, which I don't know which one it was that came out that had eyeballs sticking outside everybody's head and whatnot. (laughs) I mean, it was everybody was looking crazy on there and their skin. It looked like that guy that didn't want any skin on his personal space, you know, oh, personal yeah, space yeah, yeah. guy from Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like, personal space. yeah, yeah. He Who's just wanted me? all the, per- yep. All around him. So that's what, that's the vibe I got from that game. So typically speaking, I would say, you know, when you're doing something like this, that doesn't have a lot of, uh, mechanics and infrastructure outside of a campaign experience, it should be polished, right? Like if you're not trying to balance the the gameplay online, then you're just making an old school campaign game, mm-hmm. right? Should well, be good. 
Yeah, I mean, there are some multiplayer kind of mechanics to it that we'll get in a little bit later. But I mean, the the big difference that differentiates this from really the core Dark Souls games and what we're getting with Elden Ring is the open world setting. Dark Souls is known for a lot of, you know, tight corridors, small areas mm, and yeah. then areas in sequence, right, that maybe you can visit out of order. But, you know, you're very much on rails in terms of just the, the space that you're in, in in that exact moment, if that makes sense. Whereas this, I mean, you see in the in the gameplay and what they're showing with the map, I mean, it is it is absolutely open world. There's a lot of cool places you can traverse. Uh, you have very cool movement abilities that really let you kind of get that Breath of the Wild style experience of really being able to just motor around and get to where you need to go. Of course, with that that elevated threat level midnight that we're gonna have all throughout this game because you're never you're never gonna be safe. I don't care what they say about ease ease of of, of transportation. Something's gonna get you. Mm-hmm. So so this begs the question, though, I'm thinking about as we've been talking about this, is that the new platform? Is open world the new concept? We're seeing so many of these games, like you talked about Dark Souls being so much confined to limited spaces, taking that concept of a game and then creating an open world aspect for that world. It seems like creating a world in an atmosphere which you can interact in freely and, and find things and do things seems to be at least the foundation for evolving an existing platform and an existing style of game. It seems like that adds a new element that people or gamers are looking for. I mean, we're seeing that across the board. Am, am I wrong? Like, does that seem like the trend we're seeing now is o- these open world style games? I think it's the battle royale of campaign experiences. I think that a lot, I think that it's a very easy way to get people to jump on board a game who have never played it before. I've never played, you know, any, any, I'm not a big RPG person in general. So, you know, the, the idea of an open world game sounds cool to me, especially if it's in a, um, uh, a package that I'm familiar with like Zelda or Pokemon. And so I'm much more likely to jump in, in that respect, um, but I think there's always going to be a place for uh, tight corridor space games like Resident Evil or Dark Souls just for the amount of difficulty that they, they bring. I think that Battle Royale and, and open world games kind of share this this uh, allure that is really popular right now. But it's something that if you've got the infrastructure for it then you should implement it, right? Like if it makes sense, then why not do it? Kind of like we're seeing with Halo Infinite. Why isn't there a battle royale right now? Simply because they refuse to do it, even though the infrastructure is 100% there in every aspect, like a storm's there and, you know, all that stuff. And for them to say, no, it's, you know, we're not going to add it seems silly, you know, but forcing something into, um, you know, forcing us to join this open world platform might backfire on certain games like we mentioned with Kirby, right? Like we've never really seen Kirby in an open world. So is it going to be worth having an open world or is uh, a Kirby experience more, you know, in line with something that is like a, a side scroller platformer, right? So I think that you could take that for any genre and say, well, let's have a Metroid open world game. But, you know, is that really getting too far away from what, the game started as and what that is as you know uh it, it's core right yeah. i don't know the the risk that you run when you make an open world game um especially if you're known for making a, more of a closed closed experience right kind of tunnel you know it, it could go from a to b kind of thing 
is that the world can feel empty if you don't do it right. And that's always the biggest thing is if you're going to say it's an open world game, does it feel like a living, breathing world? Or are there just sections of the game that just feel neglected or it just feels like, uh, you know, you're, uh, you have to have that one hidden shrine there and that one hidden boss behind that corridor and that thing in the waterfall, because there's always a thing in the waterfall, by the way. That's just a general <laughs> rule yep. of gaming. And if there's not, just like petting the dog, you've done it wrong. Yeah, but I mean that. I think that's that's the big pitfall that a lot of these companies can fall into. And I, you know, who knows, man? And we're we're never going to know for sure until we have the release, like any other game, and we see it for ourselves. We play it, even play it for ourselves, or just find out what the the the, the public uh, perception is of the product that we're receiving. But regardless, I think this is one of the few games where the hype is there. It's high, but it's not too high. I don't think people have unrealistic expectations because like I said, From Software has such an amazing track record. This would break the trend, basically is what I'm saying, for their own games if this all of a sudden is the game that doesn't meet expectations uh, from very early on, if not day one. I mean, you have a lot of the classic Souls-like mechanics in there that really are going to make it just another one of those games in the series. I'm looking at the uh, the invasion system, right? Where, yeah, it is a single-player game, to your point, Bruno, but there there has to kind of be a little bit of balance because, there, like in the other Souls games, there are ways that you can invade other players' games or you can create an instance with a friend to play co-op with them. Um, you have to go through a couple of extra hoops. It's not like one of those things where you just join a multiplayer lobby. Um, they, they intentionally add gates and barriers to it, but you could just go into a random person's game without their permission and just mess their day up. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> I've, I've seen it before. I've yeah. done it before. <laughs> I've been a part of it and it's happened to me before. So <laughs> there you go. Now we do so, have so a great the- question uh, here from well, no. uh, Epic Capture Productions. Go ahead, Brad. No, I was going to say, so who's, are you picking it up day one, Nick? Are you going to check it out? Like, how, what are your thoughts? I am on the fence, but my my philosophy right now, and I think I'm going to stick to my guns, I don't pre-order games anymore. I just don't do it. Yep. They never offer you. you anything that's worth it. I just don't see you. any reason to do it, and especially when you have these these companies that, with the digital pre-orders that want to make you jump through hoops to reverse a pre-order for a game you haven't received yet. No. I, I just, there's no possible way, um, unless there is some unbeatable, you know, oh, get it at a discount, which will never happen. Um, that will make me or, want to. Or if it's Epic Capture Productions question, if it's the game that hits all all cylinders okay. for you, yeah. can we pose it? Would you yeah. play an open world Mega Man? Okay. And my question is, would you pre-order that one? I, I'd pre-order the Mega Man game because we only get one <laughs> like every decade. <laughs> if we're, one every if we're lucky these days, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. So for those of you that may not know, there was a Mega Man series Um, short-lived, called Mega Man Legends for the PlayStation. It was known as Mega Man 64 on the Nintendo 64, Um, but the the sequel, Mega Man Legends 2, was only available on the PlayStation. And it was, for all intents and purposes, an open-world Mega Man game, kind of an RPG-style 3D uh, shooter that, yeah, you would go through these dungeons and there was a whole plot that you learned about this Mega Man character and the the world around him. Uh, It it, it fell short. It it really went before its prime. They didn't even get to resolve the the plot holes or the the open plot, open-ended plot points that that were in the end of the second game. Um, And ultimately, the third entry that was going to get released for the 3DS got canned, but that's a whole... don't, Don't get me started. That being said, those games were great. The Legends games were fantastic. Not critically in terms of sales, but I would absolutely play an open-world Mega Man game. And I think that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 
really shows that, and, and even games like Mario Odyssey, right, which took the Mario 64 and even Sunshine formula and even gave it a little bit more breadth. It, it wasn't true open world. You kind of hop from, from space to space, but it felt open world at times, I think. Um, that really any game, any franchise, and Kirby, like you said, Bruno, can potentially make that jump into an open world setting. I think it's just becoming more of an industry standard and less of a, oh, this is a novel thing for us to be doing. Yeah, I think there's always going to be a place for a traditional style game. And I think that when games start to drift further away from their origins, that's when the trip back is so significant. You know, I feel like uh, they did that a lot with Sonic, right? Sonic Generations, where, you know, we moved into that 3D environment and, you know, everyone was super excited about that. And then they kind of reversed course and were like, well, we're going to add that back into the game because that was so popular with everyone. And, um, you know, you can return to form in, in that respect and, and, you know, hit one out of the park. But, um, does every game need a an open world? Probably not. Probably not. I'm not sure that, you know, we're going to need an open world Guitar Hero or rock no. band. You I'd know, play that. I Are you kidding me? I don't know. I don't know how. Just jamming around the world? Yeah. <laughs> you just try and get gigs at different places, but they're like, no, we, we don't book you. You've got to have five stars on this song before we book you. So you got to, like, hike it out to the, you know, I your don't friend's know, barn. <laughs> I, I see an AR-VR hybrid here with an open world walking around with a guitar and you go play gigs like. I could see that down the pipeline. Like, we'll see now. You now you're just reversing everything I'm saying, and you got your baited. Here we go. Just own it. Nice. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of different interesting takes. I think on 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 what what an open world game means. I mean, but I, I, like I said, getting back to just the game itself and, and from software's history, I'm looking at this gameplay guys. I'm looking at that. There's an, like a 20 minute extended gameplay trailer that came out uh, in November of last year. It looks amazing. The music is phenomenal. The graphics look buttery smooth. I don't know what it was being played on. It was a PC or not, but I mean, and just, just the, the, the fidelity of the world around there's a, there's a shot where, you know, the character's looking over a cliff and is and everything that you can see, they say it, it's it's not it's not like a, a fake backdrop. Like you can go there. It's it's ready to be explored. That is great stuff. And those kind of just sweeping vistas and larger than life uh, experiences are are hard to come by in games these days uh, in a meaningful way. You know, I uh, I did play through the majority of uh, Sekiro Shadows Die twice. And I, I need to finish that game. Um, I think I'm going to try and play it a couple times here just to get back into a Souls mentality uh, because it was the same style of game. Very difficult, you know? I, I love it. I love those games where it's, man, that one parry that I missed, it's it's GG, you know? I have to rethink my strategy. Legitimately, just brutally difficult boss bosses and optional boss battles that will force you to get good. There's no way yeah. around it. And that's what I love about these types of games is that, that there is no hand-holding and, you know, even though we could have an extended conversation about, you know, the difficulty and accessibility of games, Souls games, you should know what you're getting into when you walk into them. There is not going to be an easy mode. There is not going to be a casual setting. You are going to get wrecked. You are going to die and you are going to die often. Um, you're not going to buy your way out of it. You're either going to learn how to play the game and learn the mechanics they're putting in front of you or you're going to get wrecked. 
that yep. those are your two choices. And Sekiro is a really, really good game. If you haven't tried it, I think it's on Game Pass. Highly recommend giving it a shot because it is just a really, really fun uh, kind of samurai-style gameplay um, that is is you know stealth gameplay, traversal abilities that really make it just you, you just hop right in and you're you're in the action and, and having a good time. I if think you want to bare bone it. versions of any of those, the the hardest games to play, obviously go play the impossible game because it is just blocks and triangles and it will frustrate you beyond belief. And the reason <laughs> being is because it plays the, the coolest freaking songs ever it's like it's on oh, spotify yeah what are we getting into and then all of a sudden <laughs> you die yep yep try and again. then it goes back again yeah and you're like okay okay no i got it and then you it's die got the whole soundtrack line and then up. you're like okay no i got it we're good and then you, and then you die and then yeah you go back to the beginning again and you try again and guess what? You still die. Ah, <laughs> well, I, Bruno, I think we've maxed our respawn lives. I think we got to move on before we die again to the next topic. That's right. It's fine. But no, look, yeah, look for uh, look for this game, Elden Ring, coming out uh, no, uh, rather uh, February 25th, this Friday. Uh, kind of depending what time zone you're in, you might have a, a couple of hour advantage. I know a lot of people will conveniently change their uh, their VPNs to New Zealand to get that real early. Hey, you, see the ma- you see the map? You see the map that put yeah. out about the times release? And, yeah, yeah, New Zealand see, gets I it see, first. I see the VPN services seeing a spike in their usage. Yeah, come, what? Come I, moved, I moved to New Zealand for eight hours. So what? All the, the yeah, the five gamers there will enjoy it. Congrats. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and speaking of enjoying things, thanks so much to our Patreon supporters. Got to talk about them. That is our brand new QTB and Fuego supporter. Thanks so much to Epic Capture Productions. How about that? And all of our regular Epic Patreon. Capture Production. <laughs> he said he was going to do a voice. I should have given him a chance. There you go. And of course, our QTB crew plus supporters like Nick Nick, the Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiax, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, The Intergalactic Pinecone, and Matt.bat. If you would like amazing bonus content each and every month, including the QTB Nostalgia Vault, early access to our Gotta Watch podcast episodes, and a whole lot more, stop on by patreon.com slash quit the build. Again, patreon.com slash quit the build. The, the link is in the show notes. And our brand new QTB and Fuego tier. Every three months, you're going to get exclusive merch like mugs, posters, and even T-shirts that you cannot get anywhere else. Bruno's been working on these designs, and you're going to have a good time, I promise. So again, patreon.com slash build. Thanks so much for your support. And keeping us on the air, guys. Oh, yeah. That's right, Kool-Aid man. says, keeping the lights on, right? Yeah, that's what we need. Keeping the soundboard sounds flowing. Yes. That's exact. Thank yeah. you. Thanks to the audience. All yeah. the, all the, it's free tickets though. So mm-hmm. don't, uh, you know, don't, don't, you know. Yep. We're not, well, guys. We're, not price, we're not prices right. We can't offer prizes, <laughs> but it's free. <laughs> yeah. No, no we would, if we would prizes. do, I would bring back the showcase style that they used yeah. to do on Wheel of Fortune before they switched it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll take the lamppost, I'll take the trip to Tahiti, and yep. I'll take the rest in the gift card. Yep, give me the gift card. Well, lamppost, because people have lampposts in, in the living rooms. 
<laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, man. Well, guys, you know, I, well, there has been a lot of buzz about this upcoming Elden Ring game. I'll tell you one game that's going to be light years away, and that is the next Call of Duty. All right, so this this story is coming from IGN.com. Yeah, if you're not on the video podcast, you don't you don't know what just happened. That's why you got to watch the video <laughs> podcast available on Spotify and YouTube. But yeah, the uh, the next year's Call of Duty has been reportedly delayed to the following year. This story coming from IGN. And boy, you want to talk about calling it, like you said, Brad. Uh, I mean, the QTB podcast, we talked about it first. We called it first. We said this is probably going to happen, right? That there's just no way in this current development climate um, that you're going to be able to put out, a, not even, forget a decent quality AAA title. Just put out any AAA title at yeah. all. Um, it just can't be done um, in in this kind of still pandemic landscape that we're in. But of course, just the increasing cost and 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 the technical challenges that come with releasing these massive games. So yeah, the story is saying that there was a report that came out where Activision essentially said that their underwhelming sales numbers for a quote unquote recent entry, obviously that's COD Vanguard, mm. um, re- re- has resulted in them taking a look and reassessing, and that they are planning to release the 2022 Call of Duty, which we believe is going to be a, uh, a Modern Warfare sequel, the 2019's Modern Warfare. And uh, then 2023, there will not be a Call of Duty game for the first time in 20 years. You know, Brad, I have to ask you on this because I really think this is uh, this is something else, right? Like, we, this is unprecedented. We have associated every year with its own Call of Duty game, just like Madden, really any sports franchise. So for them to finally say, you know what, we can't do it anymore despite all of these resources. What's your take on this? Do you think this is going to be the norm going forward? I think it's fatigue. I mean, you just said it's been 20 years of consistent year-to-year releases. And like you said, I think it's a combination of gamer fatigue and game quality. The rush to get these out year in, year out. We just talked about facelifting games how many times can you say in the last five, seven years, the game you played, the new release, feels like a a painted over version of the last one? And yeah. gamers are smart enough now. The game, you know, and the systems are getting better now, where you can't get by with a half baked, painted over version of an old game. You have to spend the time, resources, and effort to develop something new, something that has depth, something that people are going to say, "Wow, this is a great." addition to the franchise not a forgettable passable one-off that's like oh yeah well that modern warfare 2 was eh, you know or like you know Mm -hmm. vanguard was vanguard what was vanguard i don't remember vanguard right like (laughs) you want to be able you want to you want them to stick out right and and so you know i i don't i i think you're gonna see maybe them adopt to this model of maybe an every other year release for each title, right? And that way it gives these developers a bigger a larger time frame to execute this development, especially if you're going to have to spend more money or whatever the case may be to deliver that level of quality that I think we've seen get watered down now in the last 5-7 years. You know, you're right, Brad, and I've been meaning to play this for a long time because this is a favorite of yours and mine. But sometimes uh, something will come out and you'll say, hey, I'm a piece of garbage. (laughs) And then you'll be like, well, maybe next year it'll be better. And then next year rolls around 
Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. Yeah. And that's what happens. <laughs> it's exactly uh, what happens. Yeah. Garbage wrapped up in garbage. You've been on TikTok too garbage much, Bruno. Garbage water, right? Like, that is... <laughs> <laughs> been on TikTok Cat pee you. soaked oh, in dog pee Right That's that right. is You can't tell the difference You're just like what is this And then meanwhile you've got The whole community that's just like begging For the return of certain Maps or guns whatever It may be and uh, It just goes un unnoticed Right you know for the sake of Let's try something new And uh, meanwhile Warzone's still going strong Warzone has has added tons of stuff. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where it's like another Fortnite at this point. You know, the game that is out right now is very different than the game that it was a year ago. So if that's something that you checked out and you were like, ah, it wasn't quite for me, you know, maybe check it out again because you're going to get something different. And I think that with a battle pass style, you know, formula going on with most games now there's not a need for a, a, a new experience or, or or entry into the model every year and i'm just waiting i'm wondering <laughs> i'm wondering when madden is going to jump on this this train right like madden continues to put out a game year after year you know and and it works people buy it for that that roster update but at, at what point are people going to say you know what i really prefer this madden i really prefer that one you know um this year had you know my favorite players right you know and that's something that you see there's a lot of people that still go back and and choose to play older Maddens because of the roster system, or maybe it was the career system that a certain game had. I know that the earlier Maddens had that and it's, it's very coveted. So I, I think that this might be something that we see. I think if Madden joins the club, then all bets are off, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. If Madden joins the club, it's going to be a game changer, but they won't because they print money. So, I mean, look, look at it this way. I think this is very interesting, uh, st uh, rather statistic. And I'm not sure that Activision is being entirely honest with this for the real reason why they're doing this. Because despite their claim that Vanguard, we're assuming they're talking about Vanguard being the underwhelming, you know, sales entry, uh, it was still the, st the, the top selling game of 2021. It so was the only I, game of 2021, though. That's the problem. <laughs> it's the only game that came <laughs> it was out last year. The only game that yeah. came out. Just the, the only one. triple game, triple A game, really that came out. No, no, there were tons of games that came out, obviously, oh, well, right? But yeah, yeah. those is, numbers, is I think, are. Yeah, it was, Go for it. is it even a fair metric to judge it on now? Yeah, because so exactly. many games offer a free multiplayer platform now. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yep. so that that's a gauging of a buying a campaign, which you would argue, okay, wow, people got duped into buying a watered down campaign, right? Yeah. Like you were talking about now that the the business strategy is different. You need to offer a suitable campaign along with a multiplayer that most now are free to play with a battle pass financially driven option, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different, you need different metrics to gauge the success of that style of game than a traditional $70 heavy campaign focused platform. So, oh. I, I mean, sure. Great. You were the best selling game of last year. That tells me baloney. Yeah. Yeah. Because how many you people, know. and I've said the same thing about like PlayStation, you know, uh, fanboys touting all of the 
you know, oh, well, we had, the, you know, uh, Sony just, you know, or what was it? Uh, uh, Spider-Man. Oh, oh, my gosh, we sold it. And that was it was the best selling. Everyone bought it and no one's <laughs> playing it now. Right. Because it, it was no, just, a you know, a, a one one through experience. You're going to jump back much- to the multiplayer. Yep. Tell much how much money you made selling the game, how many copies of the game you sold, and tell me how much Epic made in their Fortnite shop. Like, yep. let's be real. Yeah, in, in mm-hmm. a month, in a month, right? Like, yeah. let's let's compare the two numbers. Even, in, and I would say the same for Warzone, right? Like, what yeah. is what are the numbers that Warzone is pulling in? Because I know we don't talk about that a lot, but I guarantee you, it's a lot. There's, it's still one of the most played games that you can see right now on Twitch and, and the big names are still playing it like Tim, the tat man. I mean, you've, you've got a, a, a loyal following of people that are willing to play that game and continue to play it. Same with uh Fortnite. So I think that it, this makes sense in terms of a campaign experience, give the people what they want, work on something that is, is like the call of duties of your where we got to go around in that all gillied up, you know, that's the most famous, what was that, from Modern Warfare, right? Call of Duty yeah. 4, Modern Warfare, all gillied up, is is consistently ranked as the number one, um, like, level in any Call of Duty game. And that experience... Uh, has yet to been yet to be duplicated or, you know, just the, the experience of storming the, the, the beach of Normandy and yeah. call of duty too, oh, yeah. you know, was absolutely incredible. If you want my opinion, I think they should delay it. And instead of doing a call of duty that takes place in one timeline, jump around to the best battles of all time, right? And have different different modes in there where one you're doing one of the, you know, a horseback riding, you know, style from, you know, World War 1, right? You know, mm-hmm. or or maybe, you know, you're doing the the Normandy beach storming of World War 2 and then you go into Vietnam or then you go over, you know, whatever it may be, all of these things and then you could go into space. Okay. Well, of, Once you've call done the of due duty, diligence, <laughs> Call of Duty multiverse. There right? you go. You know that's what that's what we need: space lasers versus muskets. You know, it's like yes. in Hancock. Oh, hey, I'll tell you what: your gun versus my Zagnut bar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who wins. Bing bong. You know, You're right. If, if, yeah. if you if you combined those, honestly, if you combined all those, you would have an instant hit. You really would, and you'd have a campaign that that people actually wanted to play. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. a win. Well you got it here but, first. But, <laughs> but to, to to your point, Bruno, how isn't that stepping very, very far away from what Call of Duty tra- is, traditionally has been? And your point earlier was that the further they those titles get away from who they are, that's typically when they don't do well. So, I mean, it sounds amazing in concept, but maybe our folks who are the core Call of Duty gamers going to be have some backlash to a, to a concept or to a shift like that. I don't think they will. I think we've already introduced time travel with things like Black Ops 2. I think you could easily wrap in some type of time travel story of a of a of a grandfather or great grandfather of, you know, this consistent lineage of people that have been in wars, you know, to to honor that type of thing. There's so many things you can do. And like I said, I'm just spitballing here with the two of you, 
you know, on a random Tuesday, literally can we, Tuesday. Can we get on uh, Microsoft's Yeah, happy payroll? Tuesday, everybody. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 22-22. We got there. Right? We yeah. did. We the did. The next one will be on uh, 3-30-3-33, right? That, that's a thing. Whoa, you're right. And then 4 right. 4 Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, April, that's April 44th, 2044. I don't think I'm going to be around for them. I'm not... I'm I'm per, I'm 90% sure I'm not going to yeah. be around for that. <laughs> Tommy's saying that what you just described with the multiverse sounds like a finale game before they close the series down forever. Just throw <laughs> it all in there. Throw it what all in there. What do you got? Get it in there. Absolutely. You, like and it, it would work for me, right? Like it it would totally work for me. I think that it's something that you could easily tie in with a loose loose time travel story within there and just go to these periods in time. Why hasn't Assassin's Creed done that? Yeah. Why hasn't Assassin's Creed jumped around in the same game, right? And you could say, oh, it's a little stretch outside of the traditional. Well, yeah. you know, you're not making one. Mm-hmm. Assassin's so- <laughs> Creed centuries. Well, they can go, they can do centuries once they give us a proper samurai version. I want a samurai Assassin's Creed. And then the fact that they haven't given us that yet, I think is just, I think it's the exact same reason that Halo Infinite doesn't want to give us a battle royale. It's just because we asked for it. That's right. Because you didn't come up with it first. You don't want to give it to us. Okay. I like it. Yeah. It's We're just pure, giving it pure to industry you for salt. free. Hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. This is free. It's free real estate. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, speaking of free real estate, Bruno, I'll tell you where you can get a free quote for all of your marketing media needs. And that is our friends at PierceUnlimited.com. Today's podcast, wouldn't you know it, is sponsored in part by Pierce Unlimited for marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business. Visit PierceUnlimited.com and check out all those amazing podcast packages, marketing media services, you name it. Pierce Unlimited does it. I mean, I what don't they do is the better question, I guess. Right? Naked horseback riding because it hurts. Mm. I did horseback riding once, and I couldn't imagine doing it naked. So that was a quick question. answer. That was yep, a quick that, answer. That and underwater basket weaving because, yeah. I mean, it's... I don't like to hold my breath for that long. I understand why it's underwater. The malleableness of baskets. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... Yeah. So... Can't Those are things. And a, and a little, you know, breathing tube and yeah. all good. Uh, well, they didn't have that at our school. It was all hold your breath. They wanted us yeah. to get back to the roots. Just yeah. like when I took my graphic design class and they were like, you're not allowed to use a computer. And we were like, what? Yeah. That's what a graphic design is, is using a computer. And they're like, no, because computers weren't always around. They're like, well, they were in our lifetime. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Yeah, underwater basket weaving would definitely require some resuscitation, and I'm going to resuscitate this show right now by getting us back on track and talking about our next segment, and that is nothing. That's nothing. right. I got nothing. You know, we've been we've been saying for a while now, we just want to talk about the games that we're playing, guys. Yeah. You know, what, what, what you playing? We're going to talk about what we're playing. You can tell us the games that you're playing in chat, and we'll just talk about it. Is that cool? Yeah. Is that yeah, cool? Can we it. do that? I love it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Forget the news. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, You've it's, it's now a bonus round. The Twilight Zone. <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. We've been yeah. playing America's Game. I didn't know it was America's Game, but they told me it was America's it. Game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Yeah. I got to tell you, if you haven't played that on uh, on Xbox or what is it on Play? I guess it's on PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation it's on Switch. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. you definitely got to check that out. Lovely game. The AI is fantastic, isn't it, Brad? <laughs> Super hard to play against. Yeah, I mean, just to, just to mix it up, just to have a breath of fresh air, a no-sweat environment, and, and literally is no sweat, it, because oh, yeah. the AI is terrible. Yeah. Uh, Brew and I have been playing Wheel of Fortune just to mix it up and have some fun, and let me tell you, it's been a blast. We've tried to get the million a couple times. Bruno's gotten to uh, the final round of Wheel of Fortune, solved solved the puzzle, only to not get the right envelope, but the... the, the yeah. <laughs> still walked away with like what like 90k or something like that something solid uh, yeah it was a, tri- a trip was... to france <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty cool one of the coolest features about that game actually yeah. is the fact that you can customize your set and your wheel to your preferences and it's all individual so like my custom screen or custom experience of the of the trip that i win is different than what you know uh brad sees or what anyone else sees so that's really cool they don't really add that a lot in in games right where you're it's kind of like whoever's the host gets the customization say And something, but for every person to be able to, to kind of have their own custom experience when they go into the game, like I said, it's really, it's really ingenious. And we have Nick to thank for that. He gave, he gave us, yes, yeah, that's exactly what we do. He gave us the build community. You know, it was on sale. I'm like, man, this is, you know, I I have such great memories of Wheel of Fortune growing up. That was like seven o'clock, you know, Wheel of Fortune, the family was there. That's what we watch. And like it's still going. Pat Sajak is just a freaking just a juggernaut. Yeah. Um, did you but, know? Yeah. Did you know Van is still there? Four, you know he works four days a month. They record a month's worth of episodes in four days. Oh yeah. I oh yeah. They, they get them I all in there. It. Yeah, in and out. That's I mean, a, that's, it's a, a, that's an eighties, nineties tactic. They would do that. With like Double Dare and um, you know all of the kids shows, right? Like they would just spend an entire day and shoot just one right after the other. So yeah. it's amazing that he does that, and it's amazing that Vanna's still on the show because Vanna. I mean, she doesn't. They don't even need. She used to turn the letters mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. Before before computers and things, mm-hmm. and now she doesn't. She doesn't need to touch it. This is all she's there. You're telling me they don't have a controller back there? I swear she, I mean, I know she probably goes up and actually touches something, but yeah. it's she's not needed. No. But God bless she, her. Vanna she White wasn't is there, an American treasure. Okay? Exactly. Is. That's what I'm saying. If she wasn't there, we'd be all like, what the heck? Who are they going to replace her with? A robot? What am I, I watching? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say they could hey. replace her with Betty Wright, but rest in peace, Betty. We would have loved to have you. Yeah. Well. But, uh, that didn't but no, she's out. been on yeah, it since on that I think, note. 1980, you know, but uh, right. anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Too yeah, soon. so I mean, great great game by the way. Yeah, I got to I got to join you on that. And I think, you know, those games are great. I also uh have played uh, Family Feud, another uh Ubisoft game show kind of license that they have. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of fun to play with friends and family and just, you know, good answer, good answer, you know, when people oh, get the worst yeah, possible yeah, answer. Good yeah. One, good one. You know. Yeah, sometimes Mushroom. I don't know who they That's pulled. That's a great answer. <laughs> You know, a hundred people. That's all you need to know. At the hundred people at the the Lakes Town Mall. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right I put of, in ninety nine of those answers. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. Some days you wonder when stuff's up there. Like really? Like ten people? Ten people said that. But yeah, you know, as far as what I've been doing, I I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm on my third playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077. So 
they uh, they released the big update right uh, for the with kind of the next gen update with the graphics and all that, and the, just a lot of uh, fixes, uh, performance increases across the board. Yeah, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to pick it up again on uh, Series X, and I've been playing through that. I'm having a good time. I, I know that if Elden Ring, like like I said, it is a is a success, and I think it will get good reviews at launch. Um, I'm probably going to be in there playing that. It's a very time intensive thing, so that's kind of what uh, what I've been up to gaming wise. Uh, and hey, and it's actually got... on sale, right, Nick? Yeah. It's on sale right now. You can grab it for like, yeah, that's 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 what I'm talking about. That's mm-hmm. a price. It's a, a lot of game for thirty bucks. It's a lot yeah. of game. Yeah, and definitely one of a kind. There's really no one else really uh, creating a game with that kind of style. And I love I love those types of sci-fi games that really create a world that just feels alive and feels real. And it's Keanu freaking Reeves, guys. Like, yeah. uh, what? What do you need me to say? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. And I heard that the I heard that NPCs now send you nudes. Woo! Uh, well, I will not comment on that. How about that? <laughs> I we guess have, uh, Epic, you, know who, you know who did comment? Epic Capture Productions. He the oh, there we go. He did. He said he's playing it. Uh, it takes two. Uh, saying it's awesome to have an in-room co-op game. And I know that you, uh, Brad, and, and Bruno, you guys have been playing it. I played some of it with my wife. It's kind of like this, like the go-to, like, hey, we got two people that want to play a, a co-op game. Let's play It Takes Two, right? Emotional damage. There's yeah. a lot of that in there because it's about, you know, mm-hmm. working together and divorced. Co- the, 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 I mean, it's a heavy setting. It's a heavy theme for a... Uh, for a game, right? Like, especially yeah. one wrapped up in such a cute little package of chubby clay people and a mismatch of of uh, yarn dolls, right? Yeah, so, thanks for making me the woman, Bruno. Thanks, oh, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, I look more like the clay dude anyway. <laughs> That's so. yeah, he, he looks pretty clumsy, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a fun no, game no, and you're, you're right. Yeah, go ahead. You're right, Nick. You're right. No, no, it's it, it reminds me we played... Um, the the previous uh, kind of release from that that same developer, uh, what was it called, Bruno? A way out. Uh, yeah, a way out. Yeah. As, you know? yeah. Yep. And, and so to be able to play another version or another aspect of that with this really co op dependent type of gameplay has been a lot of fun because you really have to think about together uh, how to get past a certain point in the level. And so to be able to have that be an in room co op experience, I think we're so used to online multiplayers. Uh, that in-room co-op experience, I think, is lost sometimes, and this is a, a breath of fresh air when it comes to being able to play it with your buddy or play it with your wife or your partner and and have a good time. So, I think, and we've been getting yeah. sweated on in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, I that mean, too. we've been. So here's the problem, right? Because okay. they got the bonus rewards in there, and that's where the the all white Spider-Man is. They got the and he's super cool. But you got to get everybody else first. So you pretty much have to go like 200 levels before you can get this. And it's a lot. It's a a lot. lot. It's a lot that I have to do from now until the middle of March something. something. Yeah. What is it? It better not be the 7th. Either way, I haven't (laughs) been playing Halo Infinite because there's not much to play. But I heard that the... Uh, Yorai, what is it? Yorai or Awai? Oh, the samurai Yor- armor? Yeah, the samurai mm-hmm. armor event is coming back. So I'm excited about that because I've got like three or four more levels to go to get that, to just to get the little antlers for the samurai helmet. I don't know how that's a thing, but it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
that's it's really cool i'm excited for the future of of halo infinite i really wish they'd get their act together though and and um just just get a game and like just. get an update out like yeah they're gonna have to release something early or 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 crank up the amount of events that they have i mean come on we've got it's not even march yet and brad and i have been done you've been done the the forever. battle pass forever when's yeah, the last time you played that. it nick yeah it's been a hot minute yeah i just i never really feel the need to hop in um and mostly because it's a multiplayer thing and by the time you know because of uh the 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 time coast differences when we're gaming you know it just doesn't line up but i you know the gameplay loop is there it's definitely halo yeah. i just i don't know man i'm waiting for a little bit more i want to see uh, big team battle kind of come into its own, and you know, I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, me aging as a gamer and my 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 taste kind of changing. But um, yeah, it's it's not good though. I shouldn't have just like absolutely just crushed the battle pass and then been like, ah, <laughs> you, okay, I'm good. I'll see you in six you months. You grinded that. You were done in like a week, week and a half tops. Yeah, man. you were you were just all over. I don't know that. what I was thinking, but I was like, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get this done, and then I got it done, and that's exactly what happened. But I'll tell you where else you can get it done, boys, and that's at quitthebuild.com. Let me Bing tell you bong. something. We have got a lot of fantastic merch available on the website right now. Uh, a lot of new stuff has dropped, including our Quit the Build Wahoo Premium T-shirt. How's that working for you? Our Tendo Premium T-shirt, the Tendo. <laughs> <laughs> our Retro Vibe series. You see that that fantastic QTB there. We've even got the pop sockets um, of uh, all the different designs as well. Pillows, tote bags. Oh, my gosh. Spread that on a cracker. You got what it do and meow. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> all your favorite catchphrases are there. So yeah, I mean, stop on by, and of course, the Super Q uh, and Rainbow Q Premium T-shirts available in a wide swath of colors. If you are looking for something to customize your Ooh. wardrobe, stop on by. Of course, uh, qualifies for free Amazon Prime shipping. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing two days, baby. Oh yeah, you can't go wrong. And so yeah, check all that out and a whole lot more on our website. Of course, our blog, our community, a great place for you to for you to link up with all of the, the places that we're making content. You know where we are, guys. We're on TikTok, we're on YouTube, we're on the Gram, and of course we have a Discord. Terry's on there. Hi, Terry. You know, Terry and Discord, Discord and Terry, you cannot go wrong. The memes this man <laughs> posts, the memes, I'm telling you, if you, if you, if there's any reason you're going to join our Discord, it's got to be for the memes. Terry has you covered. That's absolutely right. That's all I got. Yeah. What do you got for the people there, Bruno? Buy men. That's no right. <laughs> We're going to be buying right now because that's what we do at the end of the show. We're going to be buying. Yeah, buying. What an outro. I'm ready for it. Oh, that was the wrong one. That was supposed to be something more funky like. Yeah, there it is. That's what we need. All right. For Nick and Brad Lightyear, I'm Bruno. For Bruno and Brad Lightyear, I'm Nick. For podcasting and style, for Bruno and Nick, I'm Brad. Peace out. What it do? Shh.